When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal Podcast. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. I have psychic medium and author Susan E. Rogers. Now, she has recently written a book entitled Uncovering Norman, Proving the Former Life of a Ghost. It's a fascinating book. She's a fascinating interview. I really enjoyed speaking with her, so you're going to want to listen to this. Let's just jump right into the podcast. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. On the phone, we have Susan Rogers. She is an author and has written a book called Uncovering Norman, Proving the Former Life of a Ghost. Now, hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Sure. You're welcome. Um, so tell me a little bit about what caused you or um, made you want to write this book on Uncovering Norman. Well, um, I've always wanted to be a writer. It just wasn't something that I was able to do um, during my life. But I've always kind of had a, a good talent for writing, and um, it was—it just led me to that point. After I met Norman, who's the uh, the ghost in the book, um, he kind of led me along, and we worked together. What happened was he. Um, told me pieces of his life, and um, I researched them, which is proving his life. And we got to a certain point in our uh, friendship, and he said, you know, I think it's time for you to write this all down. It's time for you to become an author, and that's what led me to write the book. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm a little under the weather today, so I might cough a little bit. Um, Now, Norman is your spirit guide or spirit friend, I believe you categorize him as, correct? Yes. Yes, he is a spirit guy. He is the spirit of a person who was formerly alive. Yes. When did you first come in contact with, or when did you first have an interaction with Norman? Um, the first time that I had any interaction of, with him was in October of 2013. 
and it was just kind of um, a little whisper of a breeze, a little tug on the hair, a little tap on the shoulder, and there was nobody around. There was nobody there, and I, I just knew it wasn't coincidence. I, I just knew. Um, I have, you know, I've had the, the psychic gift, this ability, uh, for all my life, even though it, many years it was suppressed, but um, in the past few years, I've kind of allowed it to come forth and uh, really encouraged it. So by that time, I knew um, that this was a spirit that was trying to contact me. Now, go into a little bit. Now, the book basically, from the title, it's you found this, your spirit guide, Norman, and you went out to prove yeah. his actual existence in the real world when he was alive. What for, I mean, was that, yeah. when you first met Norman, did you say, okay, I need to go back and find out about his life? Um, it, it took a while. It was a, it was a few months before he actually started to give me information about his life. Um, mostly that first few months, he just kind of made contact, kind of introduced himself. It was, um, just kind of, I guess letting me feel comfortable with him being around is what he had in mind. And it wasn't until a few months later that he started giving me actual psychic messages that were pieces of information about his life when he was a real person. Um, and that's when I started um, trying to prove that he really was the person he was telling me he was. Really? That's, I mean, that's, I've always, you know, you've I've heard of the term spirit guide before and I've always kind of wondered you know do these I never asked anybody that had one or had that kind of interaction with them did you actually go back to try and prove this person or this spirit is was a person in real life you know it's just something I've never heard anybody else talk about which is really fascinating to me I think that would be I know if I had was in that situation I definitely would want to say okay I need to have some proof that way I know I'm not crazy, I guess. Yeah. I'm I'm not really a skeptic. I do I am a true believer. I do believe in spirits and, you know, afterlife and reincarnation and all that. But there are many people who are skeptics. Right. Exactly. And um you know, it was it was what we wanted to do, Norman and I. Right. To prove that he was real. Now, did Norman tell you or express to you why he chose you or picked you out of the crowd? Um, he he did, actually, and um, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Um, he told me that uh, we had been together in past lives. We both had been reincarnated and had spent uh, time together in one form or another in past lives, and that we missed each other this time. He lived before I was, um, he was born well before I was born. And I never knew him here, but, um, this, him coming, he told me that him coming back as a spirit and as a guide for me, um, was because we, we missed each other. It was our purpose this time to be together as me as a person and him as my spirit guide. And a spirit guide really is somebody who it's a, it's a spirit or a ghost or, um, any one one of a number of different entities that come forward and help you through a difficult time in your life or help you to achieve a purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Some like 
people would liken it to maybe a guardian angel. Yeah, that's like, that was what the whole that was the word that popped into my head when I you know, we first started discussing yeah. coming on the podcast, and then right before you know we got you on, I was like, it almost is a spirit guide really because I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to the spirit guide. The only thing I know about them is what I've seen on TV. You know, some of these shows that have had psychics on that had a spirit guide. It's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. I didn't know exactly how it worked. Yeah. Um, um, so Norman's purpose in coming to me was I was in a very um, early stage of recognizing and developing my psychic abilities and at that point in time. And although I had had them all my life, as I said, I had kind of suppressed them. So his purpose, he told me, was in coming to help me develop my psychic abilities by, yeah. you know, psychically talking with him um, and to kind of help me get on track with all that stuff. Really? That, yeah. I mean, does he kind of, you know, keep you, you know, look out for you in the sense that, okay, you're walking down the street and all of a sudden him may tell you stop and then a car goes by? I mean, does he look out for you in that way or? Um. It, not not in such mundane ways. Right. There's one chapter in the book, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a nightclub shooting in Cincinnati or somewhere in Ohio. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm out of Cincinnati, so I remember. And yeah. uh, there's one chapter in the book that he was, he was my boyfriend and I were at a local um, establishment, and he was trying to warn me that something terrible was going to happen. Now, it didn't happen at our club, but right. it was the same night that it happened at that club. Right. So, it, you, you know, it was interesting that it didn't quite get it right, but yeah. it was close. Right, yeah, because that, that there's actually been two here in the past couple of years, you know, that, in, that I can recall. And the one that I believe you're referring to yeah. actually happened. Um, It's only about 10 miles down the road from me. And I've actually. Oh, wow. I've been yeah. to that bar but it was a new it had changed hands and changed names it was an old it was an old it probably i think i went to it last time i was there under the old owners it was probably a 2012 ish mm. you know and it changed hands and opened up as another bar and i hadn't been there since but yeah you know like whoa i've been there it's kind of a weird feeling when something like that happens and it's a place you've have visit visited at some absolutely. point you know, it was like oh wow but yeah absolutely Yes. Um, I know exactly what you mean because I was in um, New York City down near the Twin Towers weeks before 9-11. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So I do understand what you mean. Yeah, that's one of those events you, you know, people of our age, you know, my, my youngest daughter was born, I wasn't even born yet, she was born a year later, you know, but that's one of those events yeah. that, you know, you know where you were at exactly. It's burned in your mind where you were at when you first. Yeah heard the news or whatever it's you know it only happens probably once a lifetime or each each generation yeah. has one event but that's you know that's our generation's kind of event that it is you know, absolutely to where my mother's was like the kennedy's assassination but uh you know that's yep. ours yeah um how did you yeah, exactly definitely. you have some uh, how did you actually go about finding out exactly about norman's life where did you direct your because you mentioned that you've okay. had he's had several lives and you've been together in different lives. How did you go yeah. about essentially proving his uh, real life's existence? Well, I, I've also done um, 
genealogy, family tree research, and I've been doing that since 1981. Okay. So I transferred kind of that skill from doing the family tree research to uh, proving facts about Norman's life. So I went into census records, uh, birth, marriage, death records, probate, deeds, you know, whatever his military records, um, whatever I could find that was available that I was aware of because through my doing my genealogy, um, I went through all those avenues um, to, to prove the bits and pieces that he told me about certain times and things of his life. So I actually was able to prove many facts of his life from his birth, um, which is right here where I live, um, to his death, which was somewhere totally not here. It was in a different place in the country. Right. Now, you mentioned so, you mentioned he had you know, several lives, and he's been reincarnated, and you guys have been together now. How far or how many lives were you able to go back and kind of find evidence of him in the past? Yeah. Um, actually, the second part of the book, the first part is about me meeting Norman and, you know, doing all of this about his, his life here. The second part of the book is about a past life that he told me about, that we were together in uh, medieval Bavaria, Germany. Okay. In the in the 1200s. Um, now I tried to use the same skills with genealogy, but of course all the record sets are completely different right. um, than what they would be. There's no there's no census records back in the 1200s in Germany. Um, as a matter of fact, there are very few records. And so what I did was, as he told me bits and pieces about our life together, um, and other messages that I got. I'm also an Akashic Records practitioner. I don't know if you know what that means. But, no, you have um, to explain that as soon as you get the story. Because okay. You've um, lost me. You've went way over my head now. Briefly, the Akashic Records, is, if you think of it as kind of that great library in the heavens where mm -hmm. everybody has a book okay, and everything about you and everything about all of your lives and anything that ever happens to you, past, present, and future kind of written in that book. Wow, okay. So I I, I am a uh, certified master practitioner in the Akashic Records, which means that I can, using my psychic abilities, I can go into the Akashic Records and look at my own book, so to speak, okay. or I can help other people by looking at their volumes. Um, so I use that technique as well as my messages from Norman to... Um, to explore this past life okay. in the 1200s in Germany. Um, and so the information that I got about our life, although I couldn't prove a great deal of facts, like mm -hmm. births and marriages and so on, I could prove that what I was told in my psychic messages actually fit the context. It was it could have happened. It was very plausible. There were other events that occurred or the social and economic situation that we were in was a very real one. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of the circumstances I could prove, but not our actual lives. Right. Now, did he tell you kind of what kind of relationship you had? Were you family? Were you together in a romantic way? Or did he give, what was your interaction in that medieval time with, with him? 
we were brother and sister. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been to a couple of other past lives, and very frequently Norman and I were brother and sister okay. in those past lives. Really? That's, you know, it's fascinating stuff, you know, I've always kind of wondered about reincarnation and, or how, when we pass on to the next life, you know, do those things come back and we actually, because if I've been in the past life, I don't know about it, it's blocked from my memory, I guess, but well, when I pass on and move on to the next plane, will all that be opened up to me and let me know if, you know, I don't know whether it's true or not, I don't know, I have no experience, I don't have your abilities, so. All I know is what I yeah. I have and what's in my brain. But I've always wondered, when yep. do we get that information, yes. if that is the case? Yeah, and and I can tell you, my, my own experience, I mean, everyone's ex- experience might be a little different. Uh, my own experience in dealing with that kind of space between lives mm-hmm. is that it's your soul, the essence of yourself, your soul, that travels from life to life. And in between lives, your soul goes to this, I don't know, heaven, you know, heart space, whatever soul space, um, someplace out there um, in the the universe where uh, it can think about, or the soul can think about what has just happened in this life it just left. And very often what we believe, those of us who believe in this type of reincarnation is that the soul decides we have lessons to learn. Okay. And so it chooses what our next life will be and what opportunities we will be given to learn that lesson. Right. So, for example, and this is going to be an extreme example, but I think people can understand it easier. If you are a murderer in this life and you Mm. take someone's life, then in the next life, Somehow, you will lose control of your life, whether you you are murdered or you are tortured, or somehow you will under be made to understand what the consequences were of you taking that person's life, because you will be on the receiving end in the next life. So it's kind of like karma, you know. If it doesn't get you in this life, it's going to get yeah, you in the exactly. next life. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. Lessons to be learned. Right. Yeah. And. No, most often they're not that extreme, right? Yeah, you know, but it, it's an easy way to understand it. Right. Now, has Norman given you any indication of, you know, how often the re- reincarnation process takes place? I mean, will there come a time when, you know, he's he'll be gone and he's started a new life here on Earth? It it is very possible. Um, I think that my understanding, and I think what most people believe understand and believe in reincarnation is that there are probably millions of lives and your soul continues on learning these lessons until it becomes um, so perfect there are no more lessons to be learned and so then it kind of goes off and I think that's where the concept the Christian concept of heaven or the Judeo-Christian concept of heaven comes in, that you become a perfect being who no longer needs um, to keep learning those hard lessons. Right. And I think there are other religions as well that have that concept. Um, nirvana, you know, in the Buddhist realm and, and so on. So, um, 
each you know each of the major religions kind of has their own process, um, but they all kind of share a little bit. Right. It's. I mean, it's. It kind of blows your mind away. You know, thinking about. It does. Thinking definitely. about it. It's not maybe as cut as dry, cut and dry as you're born. You live your life. Try to do the best you can. You pass away, and then it's over, and you move on to the next stage of your existence. Maybe, the, like yeah. you said, it kind of yeah. it makes sense to me that you know there's no possible way we can learn everything we need to learn about our essence and the essence of the universe in one life. It takes mm-hmm. several, right, several exactly. several lives to kind of figure it out. And some of us, you know, like me, probably the slow learners, it might take a few extra. Uh, I think it takes everybody a long time. Right. It's, it's not an easy process. Right. Now, do you yeah. use your spirit guide? Do you do anything else with your spirit guide? Like, I know some people kind of go on investigations. Some people kind of maybe even help the police. Or do you do anything with you and Norman? Do anything? I get. Um, I have. I have been contacted by a number of other spirits. I'm, I'm contacted by spirits all the time. Right. Some are very, um, and I, I don't mean to use this lightly, but they're inconsequential. They right. kind of contact me and say, hi, I'm a spirit. How you doing? Mm-hmm. You never hear from them again. Um, and others, like Norman, have a significant purpose for me in my life. Um, I have heard from some spirits of, uh, for example, a young woman who was murdered. She tells me she was murdered in Key West. Really? Um, I have been trying to track that down. Um, the consequences of that are phenomenal because if I am able to um, prove that, she told me her name was Rose, if I am able to prove that Rose really was murdered, and then I can go to the police or I can go to her family or whatever, to me, for me, the right. consequences of that are tremendous. Um, I haven't been able to prove her yet. Okay. Um, although I did have one, I was on one of those ghost tour things mm-hmm. in Key West, and the the guide who was leading the tour did tell me that where I got the message from Rose, there had been a body found and buried under the, the basement in this house. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been able to confirm that other than what he told me. Right. So some of these may take a lifetime to try to figure out. Some I may never be able to figure out. But I'm, you know, for my, I'm working on a second book now, and I have the spirit of a Civil War soldier um, who committed suicide after the atrocities when he came back after mm-hmm. the Civil War right. came back home. Um, I'm working on proving him, and I've, I've gotten quite a, quite a ways into working on his life. Um, again, using the same kind of genealogy techniques. Um, I also have a young man who was um, a first mate on a whaling ship out of New Bedford, Massachusetts, back in the 1840s, and he drowned right. when his boat swamped. So again, another um, spirit that came came to me with a traumatic story. These are these are really traumatic stories. And I was a social worker. I'm retired now, but my career was as a social worker. And I just have to think that I'm no longer helping. You know people in my career as a social worker, now I'm doing social work for ghosts. Right. <laughs> kind of a, um, an odd twist, but, you know, it really feels that way. Right. Now, 
one kind of question I have, does Norman look out for you in the sense of there's definitely evil presences, present, you know, evil ghosts, if I could speak today, mm-hmm. evil ghosts or even demonic ghosts or demonic spirits out there. Does he kind of look out for you and kind of make sure those don't pass through and make contact with you? Or does he at least tell you when, okay, you're dealing with something maybe that's not really nice or not even human? Yeah, he do, he does. He, he doesn't really physically protect me, right. but he does let me know right. um, if I should be careful. Or, uh, you know, he'll he'll kind of, you know, don't don't deal with that. Close them off. Right. You know, I'll get that sense from him. Um, he doesn't actually intervene. I could still choose to do what I wanted to do, but he definitely lets me know if he senses um, that there's a problem right. or an evil presence. Now, does he show himself to you? Do you see him in your mind's eye, or does he actually is he able to physically manifest himself to show himself to you, or is it just all um, telepathic interactions between you? I I actually have had a couple of physical manifestations. Um, most often I see him um, as a vision or an image in my mind. Okay. Um, but he has manifested himself in a couple of physical ways to me. Um, when I first met him, so to speak, um, he I would always know when he was there because it was kind of um, a disturbance in the air. Kind of like if you're looking off in the distance at a heat wave, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of waviness in the air. Yeah. That's how he pre- presents himself when we first started. Um, and then after, um, and I did put a, a photo in the book, he kind of made an image of himself in the condensation of a glass sliding door. Okay. You can imagine. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, and, and there's a, just kind of a photo of that in the book, the best I can make it. But, right. Um, yeah, so those are a couple of physical manifestations. And then, as as I said, um, I have seen them in my mind. Right, yeah. How long did it take you to write this book? I mean, I know you probably, it was an extensive process in doing the research. What how what kind of time frame are you looking at from when you first met Norman to learning more about him to actually mm-hmm. doing the research and then writing the book? How long was the process? Yeah, I, I actually, I first met him in 2013, and it wasn't for um, maybe almost a year before he actually started giving me information to work with. So from 2014, I started writing, actually putting things on, you know, sentences on paper um, in October of 2017. Okay. So in between there, I was doing the research and I was following up in the records and, and searching for what told me to make it validated. Right. Um, and then I actually started writing uh, in October of 2017 and probably took me, because I had everything already and I already had it in my head, it was probably about six weeks when I actually finished typing. Really? Yeah. Now was the process for getting, you were the publisher, correct? Um, I actually have a publisher. It's a self-published book, but it's through okay. a um, self-publishing division of a larger publishing house. Okay. So we really didn't, did they, was that a pretty 
hard process to get them to now I'm assuming they do do some help you know publicizing and getting your name out there a little bit they do it's the it's called Balboa press and um they offer self publishing packages i you know I don't have a lot of money, so I had to go with the cheapest one there was right. <laughs> but um because I'm pretty proficient in terms of writing, I've always you know been doing a lot of uh, self-editing, and then my boyfriend is also a very good editor. Okay. So between the two of us, we did the editing and rewriting and that needed to be done. They, Balboa Press really doesn't accept or reject. The only thing they will do is they will read the book for content and it's to make sure that it's something they want to put their name on. Right. Um, so that's the extent of that, but the, and they do offer editing services, but like I said, we did it ourselves. Right, yeah. Um, they did help with some marketing, um, and, uh, and with the design and layout. Right. So that's kind of what the package involved. Now what, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish up. I'm sorry. That's okay. So, um, that's, you know, when you purchase a package from them for self-publishing, they are helping you. You're not doing every step of the way right. all by yourself. Now, what kind of reaction have you had to the book so far? And it kind of leads into your boyfriend. Uh, did When he, you first told him about this, did was he accepting or was, did he kind of look at you like, okay, I might want to rethink this whole thing? <laughs> um, actually, I pretty early on, I actually met him reading his tarot cards. Oh, okay. Um, he asked me tarot cards for him, and that's how we met. So, so right from the beginning, he kind of knew that I was a little different. Um, so when I started telling him about Norman, he was very accepting of it. Um, a little skeptical, maybe, you know, like, oh, yes, here she goes. Right. But um, as I was able to, to do more and more proof, and he actually, he says he can always tell when I'm interacting with the spirit because I go into kind of this zoned out look. I'm I'm just not present in the present. I'm gone. Right. And so he can recognize that and uh he knows when I'm always he always knows when I'm involved in interacting with the spirit. So he would know when I was kind of uh talking to Norman Norman and uh he would make sure I didn't get interrupted and he would kinda, of, you know, be protective of me right. when I was in that zone. Well that's good. Oh, yeah, that, he's good with it. That's good. That's yeah. That's really good that because, you know, even with what I do you know, just talking about the paranormal ones. Sometimes I kind of get some look like, really? You're an adult. I think it's time to grow up a little bit. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's good that you found somebody that is actually, you know, accepting and willing to help and is understanding, essentially. Yeah. And and I always tell people that, you know, not everything that happens is related to a spirit. Sometimes the light Flickers because you've got a short circuit in the wire. Right. I mean, you know, it's not always because there's a spirit in the room. That's right. You, you know, have I, to you have to be real about it. Right. I've you know I've been on several you know paranormal investigations and you know I, that's why one thing about the show is I kind of I was like really ninety percent of what you experience or you hear mm -hmm. can be explained or there's yeah. probably a reason for it. Just because you don't understand yeah. the reason for it doesn't mean that it's actual paranormals, you know, or any picture you've taken, or I've, I mean, I've taken, doesn't mean it's just because there's something on there that I can't explain. Doesn't mean it's a spirit or whatever. 
It just means I can't explain it. It's interesting, right. but it's not definitive proof. So, you know, it's, right. and like, I was having a conversation with somebody. If I had to guess, it'd be 80 to 90% of paranormal experience or evidence really can be explained. It's that 10% that's kind of, you have to look for. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to do a different way of proving that my ghost existed. Right. And you it, know, I, really I never knew Norm, and I didn't, I didn't know Norm, and I knew nothing about him. Um, I never even knew he existed in a real life until he contacted me as a ghost. And then, you know, being able to prove the facts that he told me as he told me made a believer out of me. Um, you know, there there will always be skeptics. There will always be naysayers, you know, they're, they're, you're not going to be able to satisfy them no matter what ever. And that's okay. That's okay. I don't need to, I don't need to do that. Right. That's all you can do is just prove what you can. And, and really, I love the way you went about it. You know, you have experience with, you know, digging into records and you were, I, it must've been a a joy to, when you first got that proof that, okay, Norman actually exists, existed at some point And oh, I, have, I was so excited. Right. You can't imagine how excited I was. Right. Yes. So we're going to wrap it up here. Go ahead and Tell everybody where they can find the book. I'm sure it's on Amazon, but what are all the links or where can they find your book? Okay. It is it is on Amazon and it's available in both a print version and as an ebook. Um it's on Barnes and Noble as well. Um you can order it from Balboa Press. If you just Google that, Balboa Press, they'll come up and just click on the, the tab for bookstore and search. You can search on all of them if you put in Uncovering Norman as a phrase or if you put in my name, name okay. Susan E. Rogers as the author, okay. and it will come up on all of those. Well, best of luck to you on this book. And when can they expect, are you have plans, how close are you to your next book? Are you getting close or are you, when are you looking to release the next book? I've set a goal for myself of next September. I think I may be done before then. So maybe next summer okay. I'll have well, it on the, on the shelf. Everybody should be on the go out and get Uncovering Norman and then be on the lookout, hopefully mid to late summer or even fall, of your next book. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed speaking with you. It was enlightening, to say the least. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. There you have it. That was my interview with Susan. Be sure to look in the show notes for all the places you can get this book. Go ahead, give it a read, and look for more books coming from her in the future. And also, don't be surprised if you don't see her again on this podcast. So, until next week, take care. save big when you bundle home an auto with progressive so you went online to check it out but then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are and now you're on question 17 barely scratching the surface of your bread identity you always thought of yourself as a brioche but are you actually more of a pumpernickel ah yes they said it was easy to save money bundling with progressive but they forgot about the rest of the internet progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers bundle discount not available in all states or situations 
Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Learn the latest skills to get moving and get ahead. Earn an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate from the university that's been a pioneer in online learning for over 20 years. Classes start February 17th. Learn more at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.